I already started recording, by the way. That's not going to change. <laughs> okay, welcome to Deep Geek number five or six. Yeah, whatever. Well, it is. Yeah, we're not keep, who's keeping count? Yeah, <laughs> to the next, to the next deep geek. <laughs> Welcome. So today's uh, topic, uh, suggested by Hisham, is cybersecurity. Yeah. All right. Good one. Awesome. Good, good topic. Excellent. So cybersecurity's been in the news a lot. I mean, due to the 2016 election meddling, I think we can say by Russia. Uh, <laughs> well, we can't tell well, yet. Not that I. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as a Canadian, that's up to you ooh, guys to solve. Ooh, all right. <laughs> so e- emails were stolen, distributed on WikiLeaks, uh, voter registration were stolen. Um, a lot of social media platforms were used to influence voters and suppress voting groups for voting with fake or stolen identities. Uh, in some cases, even in real life events were created with fake organizing groups to kind of stir up partisan strife. So, you know, what are what are our thoughts around this? Uh, what, what topics do we want to cover today? I, I'm if I mean, this is just me, but I'm I, I like to talk more about the social meddling or the, actually mm-hmm. I wouldn't say even meddling. I'd say social steering. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. But that's just me. I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of buried in this space right now just from the sort of work I'm doing lately. And uh, so it, it's what's interesting to me is that uh, this is such a it's an important field and it's not, you know, just sort of cybersecurity is sort of placed in IT. So I have a interesting I, I don't know, I have a lot of theories and ideas around like how we have created this mess as a society <laughs> for, by not uh, respecting our IT professionals <laughs> and not paying them enough. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm. I could go either way with this. It's. I think it's super interesting because it's just a. Um, the way I think of it is like we we have such mad respect for like software engineers, right? IT eh, maybe not as much in the mm-hmm. grand scheme, but they're the ones keeping us, you know, keep our data secure, making all these decisions, and they have tended not to get paid well as the same time. So like, right. this is, it's a completely new shift for the field. There's like. It's generating new interest, but at the same time, we're just kind of stuck in this um, puzzle where we don't have enough people trained or with the skills to like prevent some of the attacks or to you know, you know, knowledgeable enough about the cybersecurity kind of stuff without getting a bunch more people involved. I don't know. I could go out on day, so somebody stop me. It well, seems too like what you said about like this realm of IT professionals, like it's kind of spilling outside the IT box. To like politics and to, to influencing oh, yeah. like person on the street. Right. Every time I hear somebody got hacked, I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of IT support they have. No. Like, so, oh, the Democratic uh, Party. I don't know what kind of IT like yeah. people they got up in there, but probably not much. Um, so I think it's just forcing all of us to think about that stuff more and have a little respect for your IT. Yeah, I think. You, it's it's kind of interesting that you brought up the topic of these like influence campaigns and like sowing discord on Facebook and trying to like fire people up and get them angry to influence elections. To me, that's not as much like a cybersecurity topic because it's it's not about like the security of your information or your data. It's so like when they hack if it hack Facebook or the Cambridge Analytica thing that came up um, when they were you know using illicit or means that were against the rules to actually harvest data and to use that for you know for their own advantage to me that's more of a security vulnerability but just kind of like going online and trolling people and um 
you know, having like a targeted effort to influence the way that people think and the way that people get angry and the way that people vote. That's like a whole different ballgame almost. But I think that the, yeah. the Cambridge Analytics stuff kind of is related to it because people thought that there were certain rules in place, like as they were using Facebook. And then Cambridge Analytica came in, uh, which is this UK firm that broke in, gave people these um, quizzes, but then hoovered up all their data and then distributed that to use that for this kind of targeted influence campaigns. And it was sort of using your data against what you you would want it for. And they violated a bunch of Facebook's uh, rules for that. So I think people had this trust and then their trust was abused. Right. It's a different way of thinking of security. You know what I mean? Not just literal things being stolen, but you're, you know, yeah, influenced. Yeah, I think there's a, so I I think everyone has those good points. And it is, I think, a two-parter. One is the, the technical aspects. How secure is my data? Where it's located? and what kind of encryption is on it and you know what kind of uh, even the physical you know how you know they keep it air conditioned so that I don't lose my data and then there's the awareness side of things where I'm not going to open you know, this is important for you. Exe in my email attachment. Right. Oh, a, that reminds me. I actually just got this email from this Nigerian prince who had a really great offer for me. I think it's going to make me a lot of money. <laughs> he sent it to you too. Yes. Yeah. Oh wait, who's talking? Well, now I definitely have to. I heard it was to, exclusive. To I gotta go. I gotta get out of there right now. <laughs> There's a prince that needs help. <laughs> You guys are killing my dreams of being a princess. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're talking Finally. about being a princess? <laughs> I'm going to be a princess. <laughs> so for the listeners that don't know the, the Cambridge Analytica details, this was a firm that was funded heavily by the Mercer family, over $15 million, the, the guys who fund uh, Breitbart and Steve Bannon. Times had reported in 2014 initially that these workers from Cambridge Analytica in the 2016 election sold these psychological profiles of American voters to political campaigns, uh, and it impacted over 87 million Facebook users. Uh, CA was aided by Peter Thiel's analytics company Palantir, and they had looked into doing a partnership with them. Uh, so since then, CA suspended their, their CEO, Alex Nix, kind of sounds like a Bond villain, and uh, <laughs> they, they kind of, the whole and company Fleetwood went Mac poof. And, <laughs> <laughs> then they reorganized under some new name so that that company sort of doesn't exist anymore. And then since then, there's been a lot of trending, like kind of delete Facebook and Facebook users are sort of declining maybe because of the, the trust issues. I think the best was when people were on um, on Instagram posting about delete, hashtag delete Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, same thing, yeah. <laughs> it is just, I mean, it, it's forced people to, I mean, it's, it's such a fast-changing world, you know, like the, the regulations must change, you know, so it, I've been dealing with this too with the Twitter API changed, uh, they, they changed their condition terms and conditions so you no longer basically they're trying to prevent you from writing bots it's unfortunate because now cheer cat might just have to go away <laughs> oh cheer cat it's my cat and when she like moves into this um area it like takes a picture of her and it posts it to twitter really yeah yeah she um not very famous so <laughs> hundred followers <laughs> synchronize her color with the, all the colors of the other cheer cats yeah, will we lose the cheer lights <laughs> no there's going to be some kind of way to figure that out we're not gonna they promised me we're not losing to your lights but it's basically that they're trying to prevent people from just being able to time things and just bust 
stuff out for good reason. So I can just Google cheer cat and I'll be able to find yeah. that on Twitter? Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Cheer cat. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I'm so I don't know, but I feel happier. I want to yeah. make I'm my life turn about. color. So how secure is uh, your cheer cat feed? <laughs> Not at all. Or however secure Someone could be watching your cat Twitter. right now. <laughs> is this an attack vector into oh, no. our like, home automation? Uh, yeah, <laughs> or maybe that's... your cat's writing political agenda, love things, and holding up to the screen. Yeah. Massive influence campaign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> someone sends you a tweet and pretends it's from your cat, and then that's yeah, that's fishing attack. That's wrong. Cat fishing. Cat fishing. All right, what are we talking about again? Uh, Cyber security. No, it's interesting though with the, um, the the them sort of trying to squelch bots and changing the the terms and conditions one of the this professor at ucla sarah roberts no relation um she just won the uh, <laughs> electronic freedom foundation pioneer award because she did a bunch of work in uh, commercial content moderation so she's been studying how a lot of these firms like instagram and facebook are now starting to outsource the content moderation to third parties who are sort of monetizing and then also to bots. And they're deciding what the criterion is. And that sort of decides in this sort of public space, what we thought of as a public space, what speech is allowed, what images are allowed. And there's really no kind of arbitration or appeal on these decisions. The, each one of the, the groups like Facebook mm -hmm. will police their own content. Right. And it's called content moderation. Okay. And they'll figure out like what are the, the ground rules that apply. But usually they won't do it themselves. They'll outsource that to third parties. And so they're starting to develop these third parties, usually offshore, that they specialize in kind of culling through these masses of data and figuring out what's acceptable or not. Kind of like hiring your sheriff for your for your old western town kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and you're outsourcing that. Exactly. Now. And there's very little recourse if, if they decide like you're you're out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. InfoWars guy just happened, right? That's true. Yeah, he just yeah. got kicked off. So we so we hear. Right. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Probably. Um, but I, yeah, that's a, that is interesting because I think didn't um, Facebook get sort of flagged, I guess, for that a while back as they had they are they were I don't know they were accused of putting liberal stories and like not the conservative stories or I don't know there was some discussion of that like maybe a year ago or something. Uh, but it is it is interesting. I mean, who decides what's offensive? I mean, I guess if the whole I mean, I like the idea of of flagging something, having the community sort of self police. But yeah, it seems a little weird for. Like mm -hmm. random people to decide what's yeah. good and bad it's like i think a lot of this like came came to light um with charlottesville because mm -hmm. you had um nazis marching and so people would post a picture of people marching with the nazi flag and they'd be like you're displaying the nazi flag that's banned content right and so they'd nix that mm -hmm. so again i don't see this as an extension of a discussion about cybersecurity. so the like to the degree that illicitly obtained data about people has been used to drive um this type of kind of like people actions and speech that is about cybersecurity. but just like the idea that there are people online who are angry who are hateful who are posting things who are trying to rile up other people or who are already riled up themselves that's just kind of the ways that people interact when you give them a space on the internet and um, yeah, that's and they the, don't have the to show their face media. and they can type whatever they want. Yeah, that's kind of like the um, effects of, of social media and it does the worst of, parts of humanity. The thing that makes me think of, platform. though, is I, I basically agree with you, especially since my vision of cybersecurity right now is like 
all sorts of terminology that I barely understand. Um, but I think it, an interesting point, though, is the sort of uh, the way that it's coming into personal lives, right? So, like, now people at least should be educated about, like, what is happening with this data and, like, whether things are secure. Like, I don't know, whenever we were talking about some, oh, Cheercat probably, it, it, I thought of, like, IoT, you know, everybody now has Alexas and everything else. Um, I mean, that's super easy to hack into, dude, like, super easy. So... You know, I mean, just some awareness for like the general public and like how to start prevent how to prevent things, how to be aware that even if you're not technically capable of preventing phishing attacks or whatever, like you can at least be aware. You know, just like when people, I don't know. Anyways, like when you get a phone call from someone saying it's from the IRS, right? Like so, like the Nigerian prince. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you have to explain to grandma, hey, this is not a Nigerian prince. This is just a jerk. You know, but yeah. like. Yeah. Have not being not growing up in the age of information like this, you know, some people aren't aware, but right. it is, it's just, I th- yeah, I think it's just impacting people in a very different way. Not just my data is stolen, it's just like my whole life is being influenced by someone else stealing. And also, an element that kind of crosses in between both is sometimes you're not aware what data is of yourself is actually posted. Right. I can post pictures mm-hmm. of everyone here. You might not even know that. You might not have Facebook, you know, you're, you know, you live in the woods. You know, everything's good, but you walk in front of a security camera or a bunch of tourists are taking pictures. Yeah. Next thing you know, mm-hmm. there's an image of you on the net yep. that can be traced to a certain location. And then from that location, I mean, it's so being aware of kind of what can be posted, what how things can right. be found out about you. And maybe just a, and I hate to say it, an acceptance of, mm-hmm. you know what, there is a level of of my personal being that will be public at any yeah. given time uh, for any given Beyond your control is out there in the world. Exactly. There's not touching you. And, but yeah. yeah, so I think in the past couple of years, a lot of tech companies who provide platforms for you to, or who, who store data like that about you, um, like Google with like Gmail and your emails or your search habits and things like that and your location or, you know, and everything else that they track about you or Facebook with all the things that you post about your whole life uh, and a number of the others have recently been trying to make a better effort of exposing their like security settings and security preferences and the ways that you can look at what they are and understand, make it more understandable what they do with your data, what you can do with your data, what you can protect, how you can get rid of mm-hmm. things. Um, so it's something that it's really only uh, at the point where everyone's kind of gotten up in arms about like what's going on, what is all this data, how is you know how are people getting access to it that they you know they recognize that and say okay we need to you know make it more clear to people um, because for the most part people just kind of go through and don't think about the fact that that can be accessed by other people in some ways. Like, I am still amazed that when I get into my car after work, it knows that I'm in my car and I want to go home because without, and I've never done anything on my phone to Oh, yeah. To, and that's to the deal up. with the devil that you yeah. make, right? This is why I'm like, okay, Google, can you have all my data? Like, please don't be evil. I know it's not your motto anymore, but like, yeah. <laughs> think about how it used to be. <laughs> but the fact that I go to my car, I, when I shut the door, all of a sudden my phone tells me, by the way, it'll probably take you 20 minutes to get home. And yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, part of me is impressed because of, uh, like, understanding kind of what that flow is to, you know, get that information, create that software, do that analysis to give me that information. Part of it is a little freaked out because, mm-hmm. like, who is this? And but I think, of, yeah, in general, you're, you're okay with that because you sort of have a trust in Google that they're going to be fairly good with the, the security, whereas I think other aspects of society... Um, aren't hardened to that level. Mm-hmm. Like with the um, voter registration and stuff, they found that 
it varies like county by county. And some of them, when they did that Black Hat Summit, they found that you could like, you know, basically cut through the security, like picking a lock with a coffee stir. Right. It's just really weak. So even with Google, though, I think Google itself tends to do a very good job. But there are a lot of like third party apps that will like give you like an email client for your phone that will allow you to use that app to access your emails in Google. And sometimes the permissions for that app will allow that third party company to like see your emails, even though, you know, Google tends to be pretty good about like people are not looking at emails, like it's just algorithms looking at the data and matching things. But there can be permissions on addition on other apps that go through to your Gmail. And you need to be careful about kind of like all the touch points at which different companies and and different apps, different technologies are touching your data because any of them might have have some way that they um, are you know using it inappropriately or that have vulnerabilities. Um, it's kind of just the weakest link is kind of, is where there's the most uh, risk. Reminded me for some reason of the uh, Venmo thing where uh, the guy got grabbed the Venmo API and just did uh, this analysis on like drug deals on Venmo. So you can just <laughs> yeah, so you can just like grab you can just get information through the API, even people's screen names or whatever. And so every time you sh- you give money to somebody, you have to give a comment or whatever. You don't have super, to, but most people do. most people do just some you know anything. So uh, this dude went through and like found like you know emojis that had little trees on them or like you know <laughs> slang. That like referenced any sort of drugs and just parsed and found it and he he didn't post any of the usernames mm-hmm. but he was just making a point that like hey people this is your cash right. and like I just got your information I know you drug deal in <laughs> like, right whoa <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean and so of course since then Venmo changed their you know PayPal they've changed mm-hmm. their stuff a little bit but well, I mean, Venmo that's kind also of does have a culture around it where people like will make like a joke comment about what they're paying for it's like oh I paid you for sex or whatever right right I don't know what's the rating on this uh <laughs> <laughs> How explicit can I be about the types of things that people are Leap. Stick to a biology textbook. <laughs> I think also it's interesting, like, when a breach like that happens, like if you're a third-party app in, like, the Apple ecosystem mm-hmm. and you're you're taking people's data or you're misusing their data, is the, the parent of that, like, is Apple liable? Or through the agreements that, you know, when you download that app, have you somehow absolved Apple itself of the liability there? Well, that's look totally a, that South Park yeah. episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the terms and conditions. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> Nobody ever reads that stuff, man. They just sign it. Come well, on. I mean, there's what was the, the company lost all our credit scores, right? Or all our uh, oh, good. Was it? Uh, need a do over. What, what was it? It's one of the credit. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Equifax. Yeah, yeah. Equifax. Yeah. yeah. No punishment whatsoever. Like, oops, and then uh, there we go. So uh, you know, I guess it depends on how big you are, right? Something like Apple. Too big to care. Right. Well, I mean, you know, there will be, like, financial repercussions, I'm sure. Like, you know, oh, no, you're going to have to pay the government X amount or something to for some reason. Or is there? I yeah. don't even know oh, if yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah trillion-dollar companies, you know, supporting the economy. It's all, you know, it's how much of a pillar do you provide and how much of a service that people rely on it. Like, if Apple said, you know what, we lost a bunch of... Uh, <laughs> if, if actually any company that says we lost a bunch of accounts, right, and it could have been hacked, then it becomes a game of, uh, of Russian roulette. I think everyone just kind of gambles. Maybe it wasn't me. Oh, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll write it out. We'll see what happens mm. kind of thing. You know, until all of a sudden, you know, oh, I didn't buy anything in Moscow. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's you now. Yeah, these days it's literally Russian roulette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the, the scary part, too, is it's not just our, our personal data. There was that incident in the news where 
they're fairly sure, you know, Russian hackers broke into utility grids and mm-hmm. electrical grids, and they have the power to, like, mm-hmm. shut down a power plant or turn off, like, critical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Merck, is, there was a, that huge, huge hack at Merck. They, like, shut them down for I don't know how long. Uh, I mean, that's pretty scary, like, yeah. drug information or, you know, the, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's wild. So then how do we solve that? Hire some IT, <laughs> pay those IT people, man. You've got right, to pay them. And I think that's the thing. That's, that's it. That's like the most key. people, like, dude, how many IT people do you have at a, a giant organization? I mean, it's not a good balance. Like, just because historically that's the way it's been. And I just think we're not quite adapting to, like, the skills needed. And it's it's not traditional skills you learn in a computer science department. Those are That's theory, man. Like, you need right. people able to just learn on the fly, react. Like, this is such a fast-moving field. And... Yeah, we're still kind of treating it like, oh, can you plug in my thing? Can you fix my printer? (laughs) No, that's a totally different world, man. It seems like it's this whole cat and mouse game, though, because like there was this uh, court case where Microsoft was, you know, suing for for some rights to go after these companies that were putting up fraudulent versions of like a Microsoft uh, front screen Mm -hmm. saying, you know, reset your password. And they, they got the ability to kind of shut a lot of this down um, for that specifically. But then the attackers just vectored and then put up a different screen, like a different phishing scheme. But when you looked at the original, like you would swear that was like a Microsoft screen and it looked trusted. And, and that could- yeah, well, that, the, the crazy thing about that is they so they'd have like a URL where they had like one letter different and it's like a letter that looked like the other letters. So you can really tell. Um, and they'd have this, yeah, like a login screen that looked exactly like login screen. And then they'd send you to the real site after you logged in. So you're secretly giving them your password. You don't even know that you're hacked. Then you're, you're actually being logged into like the real thing. And so at that point, you, you don't even realize that anything wrong had happened. And all of a sudden you've typed your password into, to send it off to some, you know, agents in Russia or wherever in China. And that comes back to, yeah. you know, how do so you... So be careful. Like, yeah, well, that's the thing, <laughs> right? How do I know to, how do I be, how to be careful? Just don't use the internet. Yeah, so that's, a, that's, a, that's a, the trade-off, right? There's you don't have to worry about cybersecurity if, if you're not touching not. electronics. <laughs> if you're not cyber, you're you're not not, cyber, you don't need to be secure. They just need, like, regular locks and deadbolts. Fists. Yeah. So I think, I, think, I think there's actually a branding exercise here that needs to be done, right? Cybersecurity... E-security, all that stuff has an old, you know, yeah, that was great in the 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, uh, there's a, like IT is regarded as fix my printer, fix my thing. They're, they're not given the due respect. Turn it off and on. Exactly, right? <laughs> it's so, so so again, there's that, that kind of image that needs to be changed a bit. And uh, I mean, we see, I see it a bit in some commercials, like, you know, the, there's a feed, the guy... <laughs> Dressed as the regular thief with a striped, uh, black and white striped shirt, but instead of like a burlap sack with a dollar sign on it, is like I'm a keyboard. It's like you know, are you secure? Right, buy your device. (laughs) But uh, but you know, there's there's some kind of rebranding about you know what this actually is. Uh, There's probably an awareness campaign that that needs to be done. Maybe a site that says here's how people will try and here's how you can tell this is true or not. Right. And I mean, there's firms that are coming up now that, you know, you pay them X amount of dollars and they'll protect your identity. Mm-hmm. So, so I think I think um, something that's been kind of interesting that's come up a couple of times in our discussion just now is the types of exploits that people use. Like, what are the things to like watch out for? What are things that you've heard about or that you've seen? Right. Like, we, you know, the 
nobody really gets Nigerian Prince emails anymore. But, um, <laughs> but there are other subtle, things that you do yeah. get, right? So <laughs> what, what are some things that you've like heard about or seen like more recently? Well, the ones I've seen are, are these sort of phishing attacks where it really looks like, you know, if you don't look at it carefully, it looks like it's from Bank of America. It looks like it's from Microsoft. And so if you're busy, if you get this email, like you've got to reset something, um, then your, your natural inclination is like, this looks legit. I should just do it. Um, so I think that's one thing to be wary of. If it's, if it's contacting you instead of you contacting them, uh, sometimes you almost have to get reflexive and just be like, let me go through my account like myself yeah and see if this comes up yeah also. if something if i see something like that where like there's some problem with your account i'll never like uh use the link that's in the email i'll always just like go to a new browser tab and type it in yeah and go through that you have to be like a little you. paranoid yeah, yeah. yeah it gets mm -hmm. super like i got an email recently from uh from the uh the place where i live the, the uh mm -hmm. like not the building but the kind of the organization that manages it and i said oh we, we need your social security number Right? There was a bunch of stuff before and after it. And the first thing I did is email the person I do know that works there. And I said, hey, uh, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, is this legit? Is this, uh, you know, and, and they were like, oh, yeah, that is legit. But don't worry, we have it on file. We took care of it for you. So, you know, I, you know it, there was one instance where it wasn't an attack. But my, thank goodness for my paranoia just in yeah. case mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. And I think people need to be more, well, I hate to say paranoid, but more, more aware about you know, what's coming at you. Right. Anytime you enter a PIN number, a password, a social security yeah. number, like that, there's like certain things that people are just not going to ask you for. I mean, yeah. even the social security, I mean, for the place you live is sort of like, what do you need that for, man? Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. I'm just little... trying to order a pizza. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come on, you got my credit card. You don't need anything else. Yeah. I'm paying. <laughs> and the numbers are the same. So it's all good. <laughs> And I think part of it is like the banks are getting more savvy. So they're like seeing where you log in. And so if I log in from Natick and then an hour later I log in from St. Petersburg, they're mm -hmm. going to say, well, how fast can he get there? Right. Without superpowers. <laughs> so fun fact about social security numbers. I'm not going to tell you what mine is, but I will tell you what it's not. Um, because that gives everything away. <laughs> I'll tell you all the combinations that it's not. You have to... Um, no, so when the Social Security Administration was first created, um, for you know, reasons that are, for reasons they decided that um, no Social Security number would ever start with six six six. Because it's reserved. <laughs> reserved, yeah. <laughs> only for government, government use only. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so, is so what are not not the Hisham you're talking to now. There's no Hisham, only Zool. So let's talk about some good passwords that you can use. Password uh, more secure. So yeah. password's the best. Password for sure. That's a great one. Um, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. That's yeah. the password of my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> like, zero, 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 zero. Good one. Guest. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Solid Admin. Choice. Admin, admin. <laughs> that one. Yeah. ASDF? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're on a Dvorak keyboard. Yeah. Wait, don't say I this. Mean, just I think if you do that, you are. Exactly. Well, 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 you know, it's a good chance. Yeah, and this, but that's an interesting point you just made, right? Because there are people who can determine mm -hmm. how you say fake stuff 
what the real one might be. Like I've seen people, and I don't know if it's true or not. And maybe it's, it's a part of a you know a, a, a magic gimmick or something. But I've seen where people will ask, okay, think of your pin number, and they'll just say now one two three four five six seven eight nine ten one two three four five six seven eight nine ten one two three four five six seven eight nine ten one two three four five six seven eight nine ten. All right, got it. And your pin number is blank. And like, damn, I got to change my pin number, right? Wow. And it's all those social cues. Like, did you did your eye kind of move a bit when I said you know mm-hmm. uh, you know zero, or did it move when I said uh, nine or eight? And so all these things, it's right? Not, it's not hard to get trick. You didn't say zero. <laughs> we know you're it's a zero. Ten. It isn't even a digit. <laughs> it's a one. It's, it, it is. It's two. In binary. <laughs> Still a combination of digits, though. <laughs> no matter what the numerical system you're using. Actually, unless you're using uh, hex, in which case it's oh, it's a. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a uh, like, I, I I have to I admit I'm a bit uh, paranoid now when there's any kind of interaction, right? So it's but like you know any financial or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I have to I be double sure like where am I going and stuff to the point where it's like I'm I'm always worried about where I'm using my credit card, mm-hmm. even online, right? Yeah. So, it's a it's a it's a it's a trade off, right? Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to figure something out, they can figure it out. Like, it's not that hard. I mean, most people's passwords are like their pets' names or their kids or yeah. their family. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's like sitting in their office, like looking around, like password stapler one two three. Like, it's, yeah. Like, yeah well, I think the other thing that little... that's really helping a lot is two factor authentication. Mm-hmm. So, using your phone, using a device, or using a, a little key. Um, and that I think even if someone could get your password, um, that really helps out a lot. And so you're seeing like a lot of banking stuff using that. You're seeing a lot of corporations using that. Which is interesting though, because now you're you're required to have a device, a phone. Yeah. yeah. And I know I know I like that, yeah. uh, on a, on, I mean not many of my friends, but there's a few people I know who try to avoid having mm-hmm. you know smartphones to avoid having their being tracked. And then having their information taken away, so the, the double-edged sword. I need that device because it's more it gives me more security. But when I have the device, there's more data that I could be, you know, lose into the uh, into the ether. And devices ain't free. No, oh, yeah. So it's not like every single person under the sun can afford one. I mean, that's the thing that drives me nuts with like schools and stuff. You know, so like if you're assuming that every single kid is going to have a device, like that's not fair. I mean, but that's that's how mm-hmm. things are moving. Right. You know, but. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, generally it is good. It also makes me wonder, though, like, if someone just steals your phone, like, okay. Because, like, I feel like all my two-factor authentication is, like, a little notification thing that pops up on my phone. So it's like, if someone steals my phone, they could log into something and then get the two-factor authentication, and they have it all right there. So I don't know that... That's a good one. I'd rather someone stole my wallet than my phone. Yeah. <laughs> right? I well, mean, at least you, I can cancel that. Biometrics built into it with like either a thumbprint mm-hmm. or now you have the, the facial scanning in the iPhone. And, you know, you kind of wonder like how secure the facial scanning mm, is. It's not. Yeah. It's not that secure. I mean, they're, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I work a lot on deep learning. Yeah. <laughs> you can trick, you can trick it with a picture, a really good picture. Well, it has some sort of depth. Uh, they've yeah, they've made it better. Um, yeah, just go with that. I, I think there's a difference yeah, too yeah. with uh, the kind of private uh, hackers, you know, where you've got a rogue hacker and state-sponsored hackers that have the resources of like a nation behind them. And I think that's, that's almost like a, a bigger threat. <laughs> Only I could be also, the United States hacker. There's also a difference between... Like an Olympic team. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Olympic 
black hat team. There's yeah. also a difference between kind of targeted hacks where like some group of hackers or some hackers going after like a particular company or organization, um, really focusing on the individuals on like the types of things that they would like uh, things that they would fall for versus kind of more broad, um, you know, hacks where they just like get into, you know, or send stuff out to, you know, everyone just trying to like find whatever they can get and get some passwords and then, you know, just see, see what works. I think a lot of, a lot of hack and phishing stuff is like pretty generic and, um, stuff where they would just see whatever they can get and just send it to a million emails. Well, yeah, and it used to be just like, you know, delete star dot star or copy star dot star, but now you've got stuff that will encrypt it and then give you ransomware and more and more companies are just paying you know, in Bitcoin because mm -hmm. they want their, their data unlocked. Yeah. And I think with uh, the state-sponsored actors, one of the routes that people look into is deterrence. So if they attack us and we can attribute it to a specific company, we can use our cyber weapons and attack them. But we haven't done that as far as we know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just interesting. It's the same as um, every other industry, right? Like, so I feel like war is pretty old fashioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you go out and you, I don't know, you do your thing. But now it's, it's very different, you know? And the, I don't know if you, if you sort of look at our military and like professionals or whatever, they are old people, right? So like, I, I, the strategy things are changing so rapidly that like I don't know are we actually prepared for this kind of thing and are we yeah. ready to like it's, it's just I mean, such a change something you know to think about you do see ads for you know, on TV even for like cyber warfare divisions of our military mm -hmm. oh and that's another fun fact military plays a lot less they pay a lot less than regular corporations so you gotta <laughs> believe that they're not paying enough there I mean hopefully <laughs> they figured it out but but I think one of they the, make it look the, so cool they have the screen that like pops up and they're like I am invisible you will never find me I will destroy and then like it shuts down and then someone's like got him and they're wearing a uniform like that, you know, secured. Yo, we got Yo. that guy. All right, so you're right. Anyway. Maybe they're attracting people to the field. Yeah. You're right. but I think that uh, unlike conventional warfare, one of the difficulties in cyber war is um, the proliferation of the tools. Like mm -hmm. when Israel used the Stuxnet virus against the um, Iranian nuclear plant to try and destroy their centrifuges, um, remnants of that virus or pieces of that virus were then copied and used and they're finding it now in other cyber attacks against us because you can just snip and cut that code and they're right. like, oh, that's an elegant virus. I'll just reuse that. <laughs> yeah. Just like what I do all the time. I always copy people's code. <laughs> that's just good programming. Exactly. <laughs> there was this, this great cartoon I'd seen where there was these two medieval armies fighting and the, the one king, like the red king, is like, we're, we're going to hit you with the big one and they have this monstrous like indiana jones kind of boulder right. that they lob over in a trebuchet yeah. and it destroys a bunch of soldiers and then the the rival king is is hugging the big boulder going now we have the big one <laughs> <laughs> so it's like these these cyber viruses because it's like now they have these these very potent right so then uh man so then what uh, what is i mean like Social manipulation has been around since how long, right? Always. Yeah, exactly. And how did people, campfire how did people yeah. make kings to begin with? How did you get to be the king? Exactly, right? people. And, and I mean, like, and then... I'm, I made you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan, you're also the best. <laughs> but <laughs> where am I? Who, who are you people? But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's like, 
you know, so you have the social manipulation, you have the data, you have the, the, the you know, the, the virus attacks, you have all kinds of things that you have to be careful about now that everyone is so connected that anyone can do anything to anyone at any time. Basically, it's like uh, the cyber freedom judo where they're, you know, using your, you know, the things you like mm-hmm. against you. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point there's almost like a, you know, it might be a come down to a personal arms race where... What can I do to protect myself and to go against someone? So, for example, why can't I get all the data about me but do my analysis on it, right? I want to do it. Like, I mean, I know... Then you can figure out how to target you. Well, but then I can figure out how to target myself and then say, okay, I'm going to start this blog back. You can, you can figure out what you want to buy online. Yeah. <laughs> or you know yourself. Yeah. It's perfect. What is it that I actually want? Let me look at this data. Who is Hisham? Who are you? Well, can't you do that? Well, don't they have it now in is it France or all of Europe where you anytime you make I want my data, I want it now. The companies have to comply and say here's yeah. everything we have about they, you. They introduced this right to be forgotten. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mind it. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? It's the whole Thanos snap. <laughs> it's his right. It's like you don't actually disappear. You're still there, but all your online data disappears. <laughs> yeah. Half the company didn't go to Lakeside. It was a Thanos effect. Yeah. That's <laughs> a theme, or it's a, a plot point in some some like thriller movies is where like all your like internet data disappears. Oh yes, yeah. like, it's white clean, right? <laughs> I mean, that was actually a plot of Fight Club, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's Spoiler total. That's the dream. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say what happened at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. So where where do we end up? Do, do we just have to assume that you know the walls are transparent and that uh, be careful what you email and. I think you have to assume that things that you put out there in the world, um, there's a non-zero chance that someone is going to see it and look at it, and there's a non-zero chance that some nefarious actor could use it in some way. Uh, And you have to be careful about everything that comes in your direction through emails and websites and and things and even phone calls, right? Um, And I think for me, as far as, you know, one of the best things that you can do to protect yourself is to make sure that your passwords are different for everything that you use. Because if something is compromised, it's only for that one account. A lot of the biggest problem with personal like password security is not that the passwords are too easy to guess. It's that once someone gets access to one of them, they have access to all your accounts and everything that you use online, uh, and they can just try that password out in like every every possible place where you might have an account, um, and and then get access to it. So I, you know, personally, I've made an effort to use different passwords for everything and I have a password manager which is the only one that I need to remember and then all the other ones are automatically generated they're automatically super random not you know guessable and then another thing that you can do is there's a website I think it's called haveibeenpwned.com um, and it, it aggregates data from um, like hacks where data has been stolen and then like published in, in some data dump uh, and it takes that and it doesn't reveal what the like what the passwords are, but it knows it knows the match or, or knows which email addresses um, and names have been compromised and have had passwords stolen. And so you put your just your email address in there. It'll say you know these different accounts your a password with that email address has been has been stolen in some hack. And so you can go in make sure that you change those and make sure you've updated it since that hack happened. Um, so it's a good way to just to see like and and for a lot of the really big ones, they you know they. They've just covered massive amounts of people. You probably there's probably something associated with one of your email addresses on there. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
just have to enter your social security number. <laughs> Check if you've been pwned. Guess what you have. Also, use this password manager. Give me all your passwords. I'll enter it twice fine. to be doubly safe. <laughs> yeah, the password managers, I guess that's the Achilles heel, is that, mm-hmm. you know, that is the one place to go for everything. Yeah. See, I have one too, but I don't sync it. So it's it's just on my uh, mm-hmm. like on my laptop. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, that one right there. What's that? That one right there. I'm gonna take it. No, this is my work laptop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a balance between safety and convenience. Yeah. Right. Like it's more secure if it's only local and there's no external place where it's stored. Uh, but it's super convenient for me to have a password manager that's like I have the same app on my phone. It's a plug into my browser, mm-hmm. and so like anytime I have a password field and anything, I don't have to think about it. It just goes in automatically. That's so really fast and easy to use yeah i think i think like a good sort of lesson or something is to just just pay attention like be smart and so like i mean even i think lots of people um lots of reasonably aged people um are sort of aware generally like okay don't click on things be careful change your passwords and stuff but like not quite thinking about the social manipulation and those kinds of things too so it's like people tend to be super outraged and whatever and like just 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 chill for like a sec just a sec before you put in your password before you hit share before you do anything like is this actually legit is this helpful is it coming from a place you know just just pause for a moment yeah um but otherwise pay it people for the love of god (laughs) (laughs) then we'll be fine yes it's a good place to end it (laughs) all right thanks everyone Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.